Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You might think that's static right now as we begin this podcast. Episode 16 of Rip and Rock. But it is actually a broom sound effect I pulled up on YouTube trying to get creative on this episode here because the O's just swept the Athletics. They finished their West Coast road trip with a 6-3 and record. Good vibes in Birdland right now as we're recording this on a Sunday night at WBFF Station. And the next episode. <laughs> there you go. That was well, the next and, thing. And then there's, we're going to whatever that was the rock next thing. You know what that, you know what that kind of sounded like? That sounded like, was like an R&B That's, that's got to be a Neo song. I think it was a... Uh, it's Neo. See. It's all because it, of you. It, because it, of you by oh Neo. My, yeah, it actually was. That's impressive. Oh. Dude, that's like a name that tune. I think we'd get knocked for copyright if we actually did that, but it, it actually was the... Uh, the beginning of the Neo song. Yeah, so. well, thank goodness we turned it off. But the funny thing is, I can actually name a lot of songs. I was a huge R&B baby, by the way. Uh, side note. Um, yeah, it's, that's fun. It's a fun game we can play. Maybe we'll add that to songs that we can name in a heartbeat should on a I, future episode. Should I just bring the uh, the broom sweeping back? Six and three on the road trip. The Baltimore Orioles are playing pretty solid baseball. Sorry if that annoys you. I will turn it off. No, I won't. Here it comes again. But that's what we're going to talk about a lot on this brand new episode of Rip and Rock. Gunnar Henderson, he is very good at baseball. He had a chance to do something historic today, and he decided, you know what? I'm going to take it a step further because I care that much more about the game of baseball and winning than I do personal accolades. Really cool stuff to see. Kyle Bradish, is he the ace, Rip, that nobody is talking about Major League Baseball right now. His ERA, it's up there with perhaps the front runner for the AL Cy Young Award this year. Ryan Mountcastle continues to stay hot. He is one of the hottest hitters in baseball. It's all coming together for the Orioles. You want to take it from here? Yeah, you know, with all the great moments, I know there's some questions about, are there question marks with some of the acquisitions? And the biggest question so far has been about Shintaro Fujinami. Where do we stand with the patience of Fuji? If you follow me at all, you will have a spoiler alert, but we are going to jump into that. Rips tips back. Am I telling Rocco what it's about? Absolutely not. So stay tuned. Hurts me. It does. And we're going to take a dive deeper into the American League, fact or fiction style. And then to close it all up, we're going to preview the Jays are coming to Baltimore. And even though the Orioles have a comfortable lead, it's a division rival. And that's become actually kind of a, a more bitter rival, the Jays and the Orioles, 
over the last year or so. So I think that's our rundown. Back to the top, Rock. Ooh, Let's like jump that. into it. Let's springboard back to the top where the Orioles just capped off a West Coast road trip with a 6-3 and three record. They begin that first game in Seattle. They drop it and they win the next two, win the series. The Padres, they open that first game of the series with a win and they drop the next two. They lose the series. What do they do against the worst team in baseball? They sweep them as they should. That's big. Um, it got got a little wacky in game two. Well, extra innings thriller there, but they ended up taking care of business nonetheless. Three wins. Wins are wins are wins. And that is big, especially as the O's continue their push uh, to be not only the best team in the AL East, but the best team in the American League. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't think people sometimes understand going to the West Coast and on trips and traveling. You know, some teams can make it really easy. And this Baltimore Orioles team just playing on the road, you know, they've made it look easy. I mean, they have been unbelievable away from Camden Yards. And I know, I mean, honestly, and I hate to say this for, for all the people out there on social media, there's a lot of people, if I didn't know any better on social media, after the Orioles lost a series to the Padres, I really thought this team had lost every game on the road, honestly. And I think it's taken for granted how hard it is to go out there. And yet again, we pick up our heads from the end of another road trip and the Orioles went six and nine. And again, they extend the, their league leading, actually, Rock, and, and wins away from their home ballpark. 41 on the road, it's ladies impressive. and gentlemen. And the only other team that can rival that is the Atlanta Braves at 38 and 22. So just to show you how ridiculously good the Orioles have been. We've been spoiled by it. And once again, the Orioles are leaving a road trip feeling really good about themselves. 30 games over 500 rounds. Let's just talk about, I mean, that's incredible in itself, but this the series finale in Oakland, let's just talk about the, not only the pitching performance, but offensively. 12-1 win. Pitching was great. Hitting was phenomenal. And that's what you're going to need. And and did they beat up on the worst team in baseball? Yes, but that's okay. Not every day are you going to beat any team in Major League Baseball 12 to 1. So it was big. You had Jorge Mateo. Talk about speed, man. Speed kills. I know it's a saying. It's very cliche. But for him, it does. And for a guy that hasn't hit a homer since April 30th to come in in the second inning, hits one off the wall, trickles around. And I was saying it as he's rounding the bases. I'm like, the ball got away from I believe it was the left and center fielder yep. out there at Oakland and he was flying and he was on his horse and he kind of took a moment to pause this is how fast Jorge Mateo is he took a moment to pause and kind of admire it as he stepped out of the box like naturally a lot of major league baseball players do but once he kicked it into gear and he he could tell all right maybe this isn't leaving the park he was flying, and that resulted in an inside-the-park home run. That's really cool to see. It's rare you see it, and for him to do it, confidence boost, picks up his first home run because, what you know, it, it no, it didn't leave the yard, but it, it still counts as a home run in that box score and for his stats. So to be able to do that, first one since April 30th, that is big for Mateo, and it really jump-started the O's offense today because they were up one nothing before he hit it, and they went on to score <laughs> 10 more runs after he hit it. So it was a big factor. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think what's also amazing is the fact of that Jorge Mateo, it, it's been documented, obviously, his offensive struggles. I think everyone knows that he had an unbelievable first month 
uh, of the season in April. And then it's been really tough uh, sledding for him ever since. Having said that, you're seeing in moments, and Mateo I've talked about in the past, he's a guy that plays with confidence. He needs that confidence, and he plays. He elevates his game. Everyone likes to be confident, right? Everyone feels better. You could tell Jorge Mateo over the last few months, really, the reason, other reason wasn't playing as well is because he didn't have that swagger. And seeing it on this road trip rock, and I mean, actually, earlier in the series, I believe it was in Seattle, being able to make a play and take home on a ground ball. You know, like little plays like that where he's able to show it and then defensively... The ground ball to the pitcher, mind you. Exactly. A little dribbler. And, and But again, those are, that, those are confidence-building plays. That's yep. a swagger moment for Mateo. Then you hit an inside-the-park home run swagger moment. And we know that Mateo's not going to be the everyday guy anymore. But the thing that we found out was he was really struggling to adjust to his new role on the team. And to see this come to fruition and to have this moment for him, whether the O's fans like him long-term or however you might feel, he can be a difference maker for this team. And he showed it again this afternoon in Oakland. This is a guy that, not for his fielding, not for his hitting, he's a pretty solid fielder, but for his speed. If I'm an O's fan, and there were a lot of O's fans out there saying, DFA him, get rid of Mateo, um, he's no good here anymore. But for his speed alone, I would want him on the postseason roster. And I don't think he's taking up a roster spot with his speed. You pinch run him, I mean, he can make a difference with his speed. Stealing bags, uh, two extra bases versus one extra base when you're talking about you know a, a base hit. If he's, if he's on first, I mean... Half the time, the guy can score from first. That's how quick he is on a fly ball or a liner to the outfield. Like That is what he can do. And I'm not singing Jorge Mateo's praises by any means. He struggled this season. There's no, there's no way around it. But to have him for his speed on the roster going forward will be big. Yeah, Maybe I mean, not next season, but for this season, if the O's are going to make a postseason run, they need guys that can fly as well. Yeah, and I just... It just goes back to the Orioles this whole season. It's been a sum of their parts, right? Where it just felt like someone stepping up at different times. The first month, it was Jorge Mateo, right? That was his month. And it went away. The Orioles have tremendous depth. And that's what's made them so successful. So just to see a guy like Jorge Mateo show again that he can be impactful. Another guy, as we can trans, you know, as we, we're going to talk about him, about getting off to a slow start on the flip side, Gunnar Henderson, you have players pick each other up. So you hope. Jorge Mateo can ride this and feel good because, like you said, I'm right there with you. He is a force that can really help a team make a difference as they try to chase down a World Series title. That guy you alluded to that we're going to talk about, that that's Gunnar Henderson. Mm-hmm. And what was it, the odds for him to win AL Rookie of the Year? He was the front runner, but weren't they somewhere around, what, what was the number? I think you know off the top of your head. Oh, I'm I'm not exactly sure. I got to look at it up. Look it up again. But no, I maybe 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 it ju- maybe I'm thinking of this. It jumped up to 1300. Correct yep, me if I'm wrong. I when he so. was struggling. Yep. And that's what you said. You said be sure you're still holding on to those plus 1300 Gunnar Henderson AL Rookie of the Year tickets because that's going to win you money. And Gunnar, I mean, he was he was the AL front runner for Rookie of the Year. This guy is someone who scouts and execs thought could be. A generational talent come in, win some batting titles, uh, future MVP in the league. And the first couple months of the season, he didn't show it, but 
he's a rookie and he hasn't even played a full season of baseball yet. I mean, we're getting to that point where it's 365 days in the show, but for Gunnar Henderson, man, this is his first full season in the show. You're going to have some bumps in the road early, you know, bumps in that road early on. Same thing with Adley Rutschman when he first started off. He wasn't perfect by any means. He went through that struggle, that that slump um, for a bit of time. But for Gunner, what we're seeing now, not just a guy who is, okay, he's the front runner for AL Rookie of the Year. We're looking at a guy that could very well be the front runner for AL MVP in, in the coming years. Not saying this year, but what Gunnar Henderson is able to do in the field with his awareness, decision-making at the plate, the power he has. He has all the intangibles, all the tools to win AL Rookie, or, you know, not only AL Rookie of the Year, but AL MVP as well in the future. Oh, I mean, there's no doubt about it. I mean, the Rookie of the Year, the the race is over. I think it's a lock. It's over. Easy money. And it's been, honestly, it's done. When he got hot again, for me, it was like, it just, when you have that much confidence in a person, you know, it's crazy. I had more confidence watching Gunner go through his struggles and knowing he's going to win than even myself at times when I played. Yeah. That's how convict or the conviction I had for watching Gunner play. And there's only a matter of time. You alluded to it. I mean, I think we have this perception, right, of guys that are just lighting it up in the minor leagues or their top prospects. They're just going to hit the ground running, right? You mentioned Adley. It's not that simple. And we've actually seen it with some other guys that are coming for the Orioles. Colden Cowser, again, very talented player. Hard to get going with, with his start to his big league career, right? Gunnar Henderson, same thing. But Gunnar, to me, he's just different. And unfortunately, when the injury to Josh Young happened for the Rangers, that really even more solidified it. But I can't name a player rock right now. Besides, if you want to maybe say for the future, like Ronald Acuna Jr. is up there for guys when we're talking about for 10 more years, who would I want? Yep. Acuna Jr. and Gunnar Henderson, to me, are at the top of that list for the next 10 years. And I don't think it's not that's not far-fetched. That's not bold. You watch Gunnar play. And if you haven't, you can just go watch his highlights. Honestly, this dude is such a difference maker. And I know the Orioles got a lot of prospects and a lot of great guys. Adley's been a face of it. Gunner's going to be the guy that is just really going to change the outlook for a lot of baseball fans dude, out there. Gunner is a bona fide stud. He is 22 years old. He went four for five in the series finale against the A's. Four extra base, base hits. He had two doubles. He had a triple and he had a homer. He was a single shy of the cycle. And you know what he did, Rip, when he was up? And I'll tell you what, I haven't played baseball at the level you have, but I can imagine if you are a single shy of the cycle, in your mind, you're thinking, all right, I get this single, I'm good to go. That's kind of all I'm going for right now. Maybe the normal baseball player would do that. Gunnar Henderson is wired differently. And Ben McDonald said it on the broadcast. He was asked like, hey, like, you think Gunner's thinking like single here? And he's like, no. He's like, there's no shot, man. He's trying to pulverize that ball. Those were That wasn't word for word, but along the lines of what he said there. And Gunner, he laces a liner down the right field line. I think it bounced off the you know side wall and kind of kicked out. And Gunner could have stopped at first. His teammates know he could have stopped at first, but what did he do? He put his head down and went for two. That is a player that I want on my team. If I'm a manager, a baseball coach, 
any player in the league because of the way he loves the game and the way he basically just approaches it every single day. And his teammates, it was funny because if you're his teammate in the dugout, you're like, dude, what the heck? Yeah, that photo, we're up, everyone. We're up 10-11 ru- <laughs> runs. You could have stopped at first, gone down in history. You're 22 years old. You hit for the cycle. Gunner didn't care. He smiled. He shook his head. He's like, what? He's like, it is what it is, basically, man. Yeah, I mean, if I'm That's him, cool. Yeah, I mean, if I'm him, I, I still want the extra base hit. I want the double. I mean, yes, in history, hitting for the cycle, amazing accomplishment, right? But that you're just alluding to it. Gunner plays the game the right way. He does. And I think that's the part of it. He hustles hard. He tries to make every extra play, tries to take the extra base, and ultimately, he's a guy that is going to keep working. And that's what I was telling people early on. And you're just – that one play kind of embodies him. He's going to keep working no matter what's happening. He's going to complete the play, right? Earlier in the season, things weren't going his way, but the effort was there. He didn't change how he played. The results weren't going the way that he wanted, but he stayed the same. And and his process has rewarded him and rewarded the Orioles. And it's just been a beauty to see. And, you know, talking about rewarding the Orioles, is this, you know, how about this for a transition? How about the patience the Orioles had for a guy like Kyle Bradish? And it's paid off, man. It really has. He goes six scoreless innings today, eight strikeouts. Not only that, he lowers his ERA to 303. Yes. Because right I was, yeah, time. yeah. I didn't have it up. Yep, he does. 303. So I have it pulled up now. I was, I was thinking 306 for some reason. 303 now. And you know who he's tied with right now, currently in the American League? I'm At a, the top of the list? Why don't, you, why don't you enlighten our listeners here? Uh, a man by the name of Garrett Cole, one of the best pitchers in all of baseball. And Kyle Bradish and Garrett Cole have the same exact ERA right now. Wild, right? I, is it, I don't remember a, a pitcher right now flying so much under the radar than Kyle Bradish. And he's on the best team in the American League. And I get it. Baltimore's not in a big market. That's understandable. You have guys like... Adley Rutschman and Gunnar Henderson taking up the headlines. Felix Batista, Grayson Rodriguez, young prospect that's looking great recently. But then there's Kyle Bradish that ever since that series and that game at Milwaukee in the first inning where things weren't going his way, it just, the switch flicked on. And all of a sudden, Orioles fans have taken notice. But here he is right there. And it's not crazy to think that everyone was wondering well, the Orioles don't have an ace. They very well have an ace in Kyle Bradish. And that's if if you guys know him or have seen him pitch, and like if you there are a lot of people that follow the teams up through the minor leagues, I had the pleasure to be his teammate. Uh good kid, Kyle. You're a good kid, man. You know, awesome guy, awesome teammate. But I got a front row seat each day in 2021 of just how nasty his stuff was. And now seeing it at this level doesn't surprise me the success. But no one would expect him right now to be tied with ERA with one of the best pitchers in, in all of baseball and Garrett Cole. Dude, he was cooking against the A's Sunday. And, you know, just a heck of a start for him. But he was tearing through that lineup, just striking everybody out. Uh, his stats this season, last year, we'll, we'll compare four and seven, four nine, 4.90 ERA, 111 strikeouts. And he made 23 starts. Okay. I say that because right now he's now made 23 starts. He's eight and six. He's got a 303 ERA. Innings pitched 
it's up by 10, and he struck out 122 versus 111 last season. There's still plenty of seasons left to be played, and he's already there. So I think those numbers for Kyle Bradish, are, we're, we're just going to see them continue to rise. Yeah, no doubt about it. It's Again, when people wonder, do the Orioles have enough in the starting pitching department? The answer is yes. And I think it's because these young guys are starting to find themselves and understand how to be successful. Kyle Bradish had last year when he came back, and I remember actually Morgan and I here on Sports Unlimited, we talked earlier in the season. She asked me about who do I think could take the year one to year two jump, and I thought Kyle Bradish and what the telling sign for me was you can always go back to looking at facing at the top competition. Bradish last year faced the Houston Astros, the defending World Series champions now. He was dominant against them, not once, but twice. And when you can see someone do it against the best, it shows you it's all there. And to see it now come to fruition, you're seeing that. Then you have a guy like Grayson Rodriguez who seems to be on this next time being called up to Baltimore. Dude, those wheels are turning right now. Oh, yeah, and and it's it's coming together. So when people are wondering, do the Orioles have enough for pitching? The answer is yes, because they're young guys. It always going to come down to – could their young pitcher start to figure it out? And right now, you're seeing this as we approach September, that these young pitching studs are starting to figure it and out. And those fans, I would tell you with the bullpen, just trust the process. Trust what Mike Elias has in mind for the bullpen. Uh, Fujinami's been hit or miss at times. We'll get into that a little bit later in this episode. But you got guys like D.L. Hall knocking on the door. John Means looking at an early September, mm-hmm. uh, early to mid-September return. But we expect him to be back by early September. That's what kind of everything's pointing towards. So Wells, we still haven't forgotten about him. I believe he made a his second or third appearance. It might have been might have been a second in Bowie uh, the other day. So these are the guys that aren't going to have to be starters for the O's anymore. We don't know if if Means is going to be a bullpen guy or a starter. I would say most likely he's going to be in the bullpen when he comes back. So if you have a bullpen with the guys you have now, you add in John Means, you add in DL Hall, um Obviously, guys are going to get sent down, um, but looking at that, man, it, it could be big um, for for the starting rotation because you think Kyle Brad- Kyle Bradish could go, I believe you get him into the postseason, he'd go seven, seven and a half strong um, at least, give you those innings and you hand it over to the bullpen. Yeah, I mean, and, and the... The playoffs, it becomes all hands on deck, right? Any game that feels like it's getting out of hand, you can see, you know, the quick hook for starters. It's not just any, you know, any pitcher. It's even for the aces. When someone gets in trouble, they're really considering it. But you brought up a good point. Kyle has just proven that he can go out there and give you six plus. And it's not like he's done it a couple times. If we're And this is just recency bias, right? We're not even talking about earlier. Since the game against the Mariners on June 25th, this is just an example, seven innings. Next week, six innings against the Twins. Next start, six innings. Seven and a third, six. Six and two-thirds, seven. One start, he went four and two-thirds, scoreless baseball. Six innings, six innings. You're sitting there going, man, like that is what you want and expect or that you're hoping from an ace type of pitcher. And for this Orioles bullpen in general, I understand that we always have a certain – level of you know of what we expect from success from players right in general mm-hmm. and i get it you know with, with a veteran arm here or there but what i love is that this group is figuring it out because if we're talking long term here this is a fantastic season it's so fun long term here 
when you can teach your young guys how to handle pressure and adversity, which they've done so far, that is the biggest learning curve. And that's why the Orioles, they're learning how to win these close games. And it's not a coincidence. I've said this all along. It's not a coincidence that their players are comfortable now pitching in these tight scenarios. Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. talk about players who have faced adversity, have faced pressure, have faced things kind of out of their control. Mm-hmm. I'll bring up a guy for you right now. That's that's Ryan Mountcastle. And ahead of the deadline, we had talked about maybe he could be a piece that the Orioles could throw in there, trade and get some value out of it, maybe a starting pitcher. The reason we said that was not because we thought Ryan Mountcastle is bad for this team. Nope. By any means, you can go back on that episode, you know, those episodes. It's because of how talented he is, how talented he can be, and he's showing that this season since coming back from AAA, dealing with vertigo. When you're dealing with vertigo, I don't I can't even imagine, man, but he's probably seeing not one baseball, but two or three baseballs when he's swinging. So, that's tough when it comes to hitting. When you're such a good hitter like Mountcastle is, that's got to suck. And Mountcastle in July, he hit 350. Mountcastle in August, he's hitting 403. Pre All Star, he was hitting 230. Post All Star, he's hitting 377. Rip, he's on a heater right now. He's playing some phenomenal baseball. And this is the Ryan Mountcastle, the one that we saw earlier in the season that the Orioles are going to need. As they continue that postseason push, they're really going to need his bat to stay hot because it is right. It's scorching, man. He had a homer today. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, he he's an X factor. And, and I've been on the record talking about past episodes. And again, this is the beauty of being able to be in this organization. I got to, to witness Ryan Mountcastle's hit tool. The pure hitting ability of Ryan Mountcastle is ridiculous. And, and that's why the whole time we were wondering was – you know, people were saying, well, does it fit the mold because of what guys were coming on the team at the time? You know, Mounty doesn't walk enough. And it's like, well, when Mounty figures it out, I don't care if he walks at all, really, because the dude can just flat out rake and he can flat out just completely change the way a lineup looks and feels. I mean, you just read his stats after yep. he came back or after the All-Star break. 
the dude is feeling it. And this is actually the Ryan Malcolm. So I, I think that he gets so much disrespect too, because despite all this so far, Rock too, let's just take a trip back to his rookie year. You know what he did? Actually, when he first got called up in 2020, 35 games, five homers hit 333, 42 hits and 126 at bats. His rookie season hit 255, but he broke the uh, Oriole home run rookie record with 33. Oh, he had a down year last year. Oh, you mean he only had 22 home runs and hit 250? So this is the crazy thing to me. And now he's only played 55 games, or sorry, he's played 93 games, 349 at-bats, and he has 17 bops. He's about to have his third straight year of 20-plus home runs. I mean, we're talk, you want, we talk about how hard baseball is. Ryan Malkhouse, to start his big league career, is now going to have three straight years of hitting 20 jacks, and he missed significant time. And that's something you can't find all around Major League Baseball. Mountie's special, and you're seeing what he's capable of doing when he's in the right headspace. Dude, and his streak that he's on right now, he's on an eight-game hitting streak after his homer. How about the on-base streak, though, man? Mm. 26 games. Getting on base. That's it. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Yeah, you're funny. <laughs> so, I know. I'm a funny guy. So, no, you're really not. But, you know, think what, you, hat, think what you want. Yeah. It's a big hat. It's funny. Your family might tell you you're funny. I think you're funny. You know what's funny? I think side, you're funny man. looking. You know what's funny? Like, um, you know, it, it's just like. Jamie doesn't think I'm funny at all. She's She just doesn't. She sometimes goes, I guess we've been, we've been together for so long that I just realized the jokes just aren't as funny. I go, that hurts. I think I'm funny, everyone. You let me know if you think I can be I mean, witty. I get the same heat from Ariana. She doesn't laugh at my jokes anymore. Um, you know, the first couple Rightfully months, so. the first couple months you're in a relationship, it's like the honeymoon phase and you laugh at everything. You think everything everyone says is funny. Now she's like, we're like an old married couple. She gets, she gets very tired of me. We're not married. It's my girlfriend, but still she's like, we act like an old married couple. It's, it's very much like, I don't like it sometimes. I want someone to laugh at my jokes. Yeah. She not, might she might be on the hot seat if she doesn't start laughing well, anymore. Am, am I am I on the hot seat as your friend? Because I You're not well, my friend though. That's a good point. Yeah. You're my uh, you're my very good acquaintance, yeah. I guess. But anyway, Ryan Mountcastle <laughs> can hit the baseball very well and he can get on the base, obviously, at a high clip right now. Twenty six games, like you just mentioned. Mountie Mountie's a beast. This Orioles team is really feeling it. And also, last thing I'll say with Mountie, we talked about the hit tool. We, we've seen Mountie hit some absolute bombs, right? He had the one that cleared the both bullpens at Camden Yards. The dude has popped all parts of the field. Again, I just, for all, all the ones that have stayed and stayed true and, and kept the faith with Mountie, you guys should feel really happy about it. And for all the O's fans in general, Ryan Mountcastle swinging the bat, man, this Orioles lineup is not one that you're going to want to run into if he keeps doing what he's doing. Let's jump into a guy that you're not jumping ship yet with him. Some O's fans are. Some O's fans are saying be patient. That's Shintaro Fujinami. Where is your confidence level with Fuji after this series? It's been rocky. He's had his ups and his downs, man. And there's no getting around it. I know you're a Fuji stan. You really do like his game and really trust in what he can bring to the table. And you're smiling right now. I don't know why. But there there are people that are kind of dumb with him. They're like, 
we're done. This experiment didn't work out. He's, they don't think he can handle the pressure. Do you? Uh, I, I do. I, I, I'm still a firm believer in Fuji. And honestly, and again, I, I'm sorry for being Mr. Positive here. And if anyone's seen it, if it bothers them, um, too bad. I'm going to stay positive <laughs> with my guy because, look, a, a lot of things. Yes, there's always going to be the concern that can you handle certain pressure? Can you be consistent? That's the name of the game in baseball, right? Or, can you be consistent? And go out there and be dependable. And I think that's what Oriole fans get frustrated with, which I get. Like, I understand it. Having said that, I would be really concerned if Fuji didn't go out there and have dominant moments. And we can't act like that hasn't happened. It's one thing if he goes out there and just, like, you know, gets by unscathed and it's, you know, nothing, you know, overly impressive, right? Fuji's had moments where you went out there and you went, oh, my goodness. You know, holy shirts and yeah, pants. Yeah. The dude just had almost had an immaculate inning or then he has that uh, he comes in against the Yankees yep, on Sunday night one, baseball yep. and you're going well that's great I know then when he started off his time with the Rays or facing the Rays you're like ah is, it, is this the guy we really got yep and then he going to Philadelphia had a solid out into two innings Seattle closes out the game with the runner on second base so my point is and actually the game when he gave up the home run in Oakland he threw 12 of 16 strikes thing was, he had the batter down uh, two strikes. I wish he went back to his heater on the pitch because he hung a 93-mile-an-hour splitter, Yeah, which is crazy, 93-mile-an-hour splitter. Yeah, Hung it, and the guy made a good swing on it. But I'd much rather have that reaction with Fuji giving up a home run on being around the zone. His biggest thing, Rock, has been you talked about uh, the pressure. It's been the walks. It's the the hit-by-pitches. And honestly, there's been a lot of time so far, even in his Orioles, brief Orioles career, when he's had those rough outings, if you look at it, he was one pitch away multiple times. So that's why I'm glad the Orioles keep winning because it should keep the pressure off of it. But Fuji's a guy where when I say it's just a little bit away, like it's just one little ounce of difference away, do, it really is. Do you think that's why Hyde threw him out again to close out the game yes. today as a confidence boost and, and no other reason? Yeah, I think it because was Because they were back, up so big? Get back on the horse. You know, and, and maybe there are some other arms they didn't want to use. And maybe it's also to to wash it because I thought what Fuji did the night before, everything was great except that one pitch of the yeah. splitter. And he's got he's got two blown saves since joining the O's. He really hasn't lowered his ERA much. He came in with a eight five seven ERA when they acquired him from Oakland. It's down to an eight nine, but he's gotten it to seven at one point, um, high sevens, and now it's back up at an eight oh nine. Um could be this might not be the most updated one. Let me uh, let me double check. Okay, now it's at a seven nine six after today because it wasn't giving me the update with the game log right there. But now it's at a seven nine six. So he's he's lowered it a bit, but not too much. I'll ask you this real quick before we jump into Rip's tips. When is like when will it be? And hopefully it doesn't get to that point. Just hypothetically, when would it be time for fans to jump ship with Fuji? When what? do you think it would be that time? Oh, I don't think so. What I think will happen. I think you got to, regardless of how this ends, you rock with them the rest of the way. But now as you get to the postseason, we talk about some arms that could be coming back. And you're going to have to have a realistic conversation down the stretch when you have to fill out who's going to be on your postseason roster. Where does he stand? I think that's the moment where you figure it out. Not any time before then. Because the Orioles, as much as they're saying, well, we're in the 
we, we can't afford to lose games. Like, as much as we, you've, we can look at one player, he's also helped the team win some games as well. And the Orioles are 30 games over 500. I'm not saying that you should be happy or satisfied, but the best way we talked about young players getting more comfortable in the situation, yes, Fuji, Fuji's 29 years old, first time in America, first time coming from overseas, new environment, worst team in baseball to now the best team in the American League. All these factors are, are being a part of it. So I think it will sort itself out because I would want Fuji with the Orioles next year. Regardless of how this finishes out, you don't find guys like that and just say, you know what, I'm good. That's and fair. The, and the other last thing I'll say, and I brought this up to you before, the reason why he has stuff that's similar to a pretty dominant closer that you guys might know, he plays for the Baltimore Orioles. He's a Cy Young uh, candidate as well. His name's Felix Batista. The reason why I bring this up, we talked about this before. The Marlins released him in the minors. You want to know how many years? Well, you do, but I'm going to say it out loud for everyone here. You know how many years it took Felix Batista to get past the A-level ball in the minor leagues? How many? It took him almost <laughs> over seven seasons, seven years to get past A-ball. Felix is 28, everyone. He's not a young player. He's one year younger than Fujinami with similar stuff. So my point is, especially with pitchers, if you can stay healthy, it doesn't matter with an age. It depends on, it matters if you can figure it out. Fuji has all the stuff to just be as dominant as Felix. The hope is he finds it. And you don't want to let a guy like that go. Yeah, because when we get into postseason play, he cannot be walking guys, hitting guys in close games against the Astros, against the Rangers, no. against whoever the O's may face, because that could be the deciding factor. It's like, no, they're not getting swept in series. Uh, they're winning a lot of their series, but when, when you get to a postseason series where you can't afford to lose one or two games, man, like you need him at the top of his game and... That's you know that's all I'm going to say. I hope he figures it out. Yeah. And that's, I think he will, point. but we, right. we will see. We still have some season left for him to figure it out, but I really hope he gets on track and kind of continues, takes this game where he closed it out against the A's, where it was a blowout, and kind of continues on an upwards trajectory rather than going two steps forward, one step back, like he kind of has been lately. Yeah, I mean, I think, again, it's consistency, but that's the point. When you get towards the postseason, if he's still having these struggles, then he's not going to be either on the roster for the postseason or he's not going to be counted upon. But while the team's playing well and you have the luxury, let him continue to try to figure it out. Because really, what do you have to lose? I know you can say, well, we could miss lose the division. Well, you know what you could have to, to gain? You could have to gain a guy that could be lights out and a big reason why your team goes from being just one that's in the playoffs trying to make noise to being a team that can take home that World Series title. All right, let's jump into Rip's Tips. What do you got since I have no clue whatsoever? Rip's Tips for this week, and I, and I think it just kind of goes back where, you know, I came at you a little bit guns hot this morning here, everyone. I was a little bit mad at, uh, at some things. I get a little stressed. I think in some ways I got to realize, and just like with everyone, we got to learn to let things go. And things aren't always as bad as it seems. And not that I actually was really mad at Rocco. Um, that's just I don't for think you've times. ever gotten really mad at me before. No, not yet. But I think we'll in see. other cases, I, I in my mind personally, you know, I have so many things rushing through my head. I'm trying to figure out so many different, you know, aspects of life, right? Both personally, professionally, and sometimes when that happens, you want to try to be a little bit too fine, 
maybe you tense up more, maybe you get more frustrated. Um, and that was, that's what I kind of felt like today. So I think my message is be okay with having days like this. I think trying to take a step back and reflect Mm -hmm. on what's going on. Um, I think that's a big thing. And what I'm saying this, and we'll talk about it, it always comes back to the Orioles. You know, I joked about it on social media. We're very quick to get stressed about what's going on with the team. And in this case, the Orioles, it, it felt like to me at one point during the A series that the Orioles, I would have felt like had lost every game of this road trip because of how reactive people were being to game two. And talking about Fuji. Game two of a series with the A's, which they ultimately go and win that game and they sweep the A's. So the point being is if we can try to take a step back, take a deep breath, there's so many other variables, but so many good things can come out of it. And actually, while I'm saying this, I took a, a step back and I had some really good news that uh, that's going to help me and to stay tuned with that in the future with some events. And that's something where you go, things are always better than it seems. So in those moments, take a step back, take a deep breath. And uh, if you want, then just take it out in Rocco. And uh, it's not very nice. I'm yeah, not your. I'm, just I'm not your human stress ball. Yeah. And <laughs> no, I'm sorry if I took things out on you. I try to be. I try to be a nice guy to everyone you're, else. You're, you're a good kid. Hey, there it is. <laughs> I appreciate you. Yeah. Um, there you go. And I, and I just try to be real with you guys. That's the only thing. So I just. We all go through things. It's all it's it's all part of life, but realize you're not doing it alone. That's my rips tips for the week. Love it. What else we got? Well, that was the next thing we're going into was we're taking a deeper dive in the AL. But we're gonna do a little quick factor fiction. So I'm gonna give you a couple situations here, scenarios. You, Rocco, if you're able and, and willing and able, are going to answer fact. What if, what if I'm not willing or able? Well, we'll just end this right now. Well, and it's, it's yeah, yeah. Well, we're close okay. anyway. Continue. Factor fact fiction here: the Yankees will finish ten games below five hundred. Fact or fiction? Currently sitting four under, and they have been. It's been documented. This team is. Extremely cold. They have lost nine of the last. Look 10. at their schedule going forward. Can I do that real yes, quick? Again, they have the Nationals for three, the Rays for three, the Tigers for four, Houston for three, the Tigers for three. <sighs> you know Milwaukee, what's crazy? Boston, here? Pittsburgh, Toronto. I am going to say fact. I am going to say fact. And yeah, I, I do think. I mean, they're on an eight-game losing streak right now. Correct. That is correct. They're bottom of the barrel in the AL East, only team in the division with a losing record. We thought that could have been the Red Sox a few months ago. Mm-hmm. It's not. They're just playing terrible baseball. They cannot get it together. The team is a dumpster fire right now. So I'm going to go with fact. I do think this happens. It's just been a really historically bad season for the New York Yankees. Oh, it's been absolutely brutal. And, I, and it'll be interesting. Also, the Washington Nationals actually are playing some really good baseball um, for a team that's rebuilding. They're still, you know, well out of, you know, making a push this year, obviously, but context, the Yankees are 60, 60 and 64. The Washington, Washington nationals are 57 and 68. You can't get swept by the Red Sox at home. That's just kind of disgraceful. It was bad, for the news, Yankees, it was bad news bears for them. All right. Next yeah. one, Rocco right on. now. Fact or fiction. Okay. 
the AL West, not the AL East, will have three playoff teams that will be in the dance. Currently, right now, Tampa Bay is the top wild card, and Houston and Seattle are the final two spots in the American League, with Toronto a half game back and Boston three back of Seattle as well. I'm going to say fact. I think the AL East gets two teams in. I think it's. I think it's either. I mean, it's going to be. It's got to be the O's, like leading the way. But I'm saying for for the wild card. It's either gonna it's gonna be either the Rays or the Blue Jays. I'm not counting the Blue Jays out yet. And dude, I'm not I'm not saying that the Rays have it on lock. Like they're five games ahead for that first spot, but it, it nothing's said and done, man. Anything can happen. So I am gonna go with the AL West will have three, the AL East will have two. Interesting. And also the context, Seattle Mariners, the Orioles just saw. One of the hottest teams. They're playing in great baseball. baseball, man. Julio Rodriguez has been on an absolute tear. Oh, I mean, that dude is unbelievable. He has, he has more four hit games in the big leagues in in the past like five days than I had four hit games. I feel like did, in my life. Did you see his stats? Let me see if I can pull it out. Against it, it wasn't against the Yankees, but they pulled up his side by side stats. Here it is. Julio Rod. This was twenty three hours ago. So. Julio Rodriguez's last four games, 17 hits. New York Yankees' last four games, 17 hits. That's incredible, man. And it tells you how bad the Yankees are right oh, now, goodness. but it tells you how good Julio Rodriguez is. Oh, I mean, uh, J-Rod, there's a reason why he signed that big extension in the offseason. There's a reason why Seattle loves him. And and he's going to be a big part of their team moving forward, face of the franchise. But people don't look now. The Mariners are only three games back to the Texas Rangers. And I think last question then, Rocco, because we're going to stay with another team. I think it's fair to say Minnesota is probably going to win the AL Central. But besides the Baltimore Orioles being the top team, and we've talked about the Houston Astros, Texas Rangers are the team that is going to give the Orioles the most fit. It's going to give the Orioles the most trouble come the postseason. besides the Astros? Besides the Astros, no, I lied. Take out, and we know we were talking about the Houston Astros being a great team, but the Texas Rangers have actually continued to mash the baseball and continue to be that team that's right kind of on the Orioles' heels for best division in the American League. The Texas Rangers are going to be the biggest threat to the Orioles' fact or fiction. I would say fact, other than the Astros. And the Rangers right now, they're on a four-game losing streak, but... Looking at the pieces they added, the postseason experience that those guys have, and the pieces they already have in place, I think the Rangers, from top to bottom, they're they're a scary lineup. They are scary, and they have the pitching as well. So, I, I yeah, I'm gonna go with fact on that one. You know, aside from the Astros, it's because the Astros right now, I mean, they're the defending World Series champs. Can't count them. Out. They're still until they're out, you can't count them out. And that's my, just how I approach the Houston Astros. I'm right there with you. That's the team. You got to knock off the big dogs first. But they're the Rangers in Houston not playing their best ball right now. Losers of both four and three, respectively, while Seattle's just cooking. Anyway, ML, the rest of the American League, just for everyone to run down Orioles 77 and 47. Rays are three games back at 75 51. Blue Jays 69 56. 
eight and a half back. Boston, 66 and 58, Rocky. We mentioned them. Eight games over 500 now. Minnesota's taken over that division in the Central, 65 and 66 game lead on the Guardians. And then that Texas, Houston, Seattle trio is all within three games of each other in the American League West. Should be a blast to watch down the stretch. Um, I think we need to just do a quick preview of the Jays coming to town, a rivalry that started to really brew here the last year. And then we're going to boogie and we'll be back next week. So, Rock. Yeah. I'm telling you with the Jays, unless the Orioles get swept here, they take one game. It's officially Blue Jays eliminated from winning this division. I think that's fair to say. I think it would be two. Because if they sweep, Jays are five and a half back, right? Three games set. Am I losing my mind? Because the Rockies come to town on Friday. Um, this is do or die for the Jays for a chance at the division. Again, very far-fetched, but... It's crazy to say right now with a whole month of baseball left to be played, but I would have to agree with you. I really would, man. And the Orioles own the tiebreaker. So if the Orioles don't get swept and say they lose two or three, the Jays are still seven and a half back. But people need to understand, and I, I keep saying this, this, this is playoff time for not just the Orioles trying to win the American League East, but Blue Jays are fighting for their playoff lives. It's playoff baseball for them from this point on. I, I would agree. I have no like differing opinion from you right now as well, far as that crazy, goes, which is crazy. Exactly. Usually you want to give me a I know. Tough- I'm just looking at it right now. It's a three games. Probable starters are Grayson Rodriguez against Kikuchi. You got Flaherty against Gausman, and then you got Kramer against Barrios. Those are the three games. That is Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, all 7.05 start times at Camden Yards. And the O's are back from that that kind of, I don't want to say grueling because they finished 6-3, and three, but as far as travel goes, that grueling nine-game West Coast road trip to the other side of the, the country. So it's to be back at home in front of the home crowd, This is going to be a big series. It is going to be, you know, we say it every time they play in a big series. The Astros won. To date, this is the biggest series the O's have, is the one ahead of them right now against the Toronto Blue Jays because it's a divisional opponent. These games matter uh, more than, you know, the games did out West. So to take care of business, to take two out of three or to sweep the Blue Jays, which, I mean, could happen. I don't know if it does. I think Toronto takes one, but to at least take two out of three is going to be big for the O's. Oh, for sure. And I mean, again, we talk about the Rays, who I think have done a tremendous job given all of their turmoil recently yeah. with Shane McClanahan, their ace going down, the whole Wander Franco situation. Crazy. The Rays are really playing some good baseball, but they do have some favorable matchups up here. They got the Rockies. They get to play the Yankees, who are reeling here. So the Orioles have a lot. This series is going to mean a lot. And again, you've been putting it to the Blue Jays. It's kind of like you have a psychological you know, hold on them right now. You want to keep that on. Be like, hey, we're no longer the little brother in the division, which they've shown this year. Don't give Toronto any reason to think differently. I think that's kind of it because we've been running. We went, we've been running a little bit longer. Um, but we'll be back. We're going to. Talk more. We have, I think we have a few new segments we're going to throw in there, sprinkle in there next week. Rip, real quick, real quick before we go, before you run away and uh, do your thing and try to get out of here. If you were a betting man, would it be a good time to potentially take like a Ryan Mountcastle home run in this series? Because he does own real estate, not only in Toronto, but just against the Blue Jays when they play. Ryan Mountcastle is just on another level. And 
what he's doing right now with his on-base streak and his hit streak, would it be a good time to hypothetically just say like, all right, Ryan Mountcastle is going to hit a home run? Can we make a gentleman's bet right now, not put any money on it and say, uh, say we think he will? Oh, I think, I think so. I think it's, I think it's a lock. I think it has to be a lock. It's, um, I don't know if we could talk about betting on this podcast, but a gentleman's bet. Hypothetically. 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 If you were into that type of thing. (laughs) Hypothetically, if Ryan Mountcastle was like, say, plus 800 odds to hit a home run against the Blue Jays, I'd probably take it. I don't know if game one, game two, or game three, but I, I would definitely pick a night that I felt good about and take a Ryan Mountcastle home run in this yeah, series. Yeah, you know, hy- hypothetically. Hypothetically. Hypothetically, I think that's safe to say because uh, I don't think any player that I've ever seen hits the Toronto Blue Jays better than Ryan Mountcastle. If you're, if you're hypothetically, if you're not going to take him for a home run, at least take him for a hit. If you want to hypothetically sprinkle some on that, because yeah. like, oh yeah, I'd sprinkle it. He's, in. If, I, if yeah. I was just going to say hypothetically what he's done in his career, he's had over 31 hits and he has an OPS north of a thousand against the Blue Jays alone. I, I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know either. Just, just weird. We're just spitballing. I don't know anything. Who, who knows? I don't even talk about sports. What, what, what do what I are know? Even talking about? What do you know? What do we know? But exactly. I, I don't know a lot. But what I do it's know a lot is, of hypotheticals. is that uh, <laughs> you guys can find this podcast on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, YouTube, really wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, I'm Ryan Ripkin. That's Rocco DeSangro. You can find us on Twitter, Ryan Ripkin, Rocco DeSangro, just our names. You just use my government name on me? Do you know my first name? I do know your first name. All right. Yeah, we're not going to use it on the podcast. Did I say it? No, no. I'm just saying. You almost did. No, I didn't. I know. No, I didn't. It's close. I don't care who knows my government name. Rocco is my real name, though. It's not a fake TV stage name. It's just my middle name I've gone by my whole life. Sure. Whatever you say, sport. On that note, everyone, uh, appreciate you tuning (laughs) in. We, we appreciate everything. Shoot us some messages, whatever you want to talk about. Again, rate and review, does, rate and review our pod as well, whatever we can do to make this better. We're up we to, want to make this for you. We're up to eight on Apple Podcasts. We oh. have eight ratings. Or eight, eight, uh, yeah, eight ratings. We only have like three reviews. So shoot us a review. Let us know what you think. If you're on Apple, if you're on Spotify, I can't get to the reviews because I'm not really, you know, I'm not on there all the time. But I guess I have to download that app as well. Because yeah, I, I don't show favoritism to one app versus the other. We're on all platforms. That's yeah. what we love. That's that's what we're all about here. People helping people, podcasts helping podcasts. But again, as always, everyone, you have a great day. And we will see you next week for another brand new episode of Rip and Rock. Can't wait.